You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. So if you've got a Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to the end of 1 Samuel 17. The title of my message today is The Day After Goliath. Can we say that together? The day after Goliath. Most of you will be aware of the story of David and Goliath. It's one of the, the most famous stories in the Bible. If, if you're not, if you're new to church, then in the Old Testament, we hear the story of God's people, Israel, finding themselves locked in a battle situation with one of their enemies, the Philistines. And the Philistines had this giant of a man called Goliath. The Bible records he was nine feet tall. And he used to come out every day and thunder at Israel and say, you send one man to come and fight against me and whoever wins will serve the other. If you win, we as the Philistines will serve you. But if, uh, if I defeat your man, your representative, then you will become subject to us. And Israel were utterly terrified. Israel were intimidated. There's a whole other story that we can unpack here about a spirit of intimidation that is found in 1 Samuel 17. But then a young man called David. Can we all say David? David. A young man called David. The Bible says was a man after God's own heart. This boy that was a shepherd boy that had learned to worship, had learned to find the heart of God. David, who wrote so many of the Psalms, express fresh revelation of, of who God is and how we can know him. This shepherd boy rocks up at the scene of the battle to bring some provisions to his brothers who were in the army. And when he gets there, he observes what is going on. And he says, like, what is happening here? And then he says this pivotal word, this pivotal word in, I think it's verse 26 of 1 Samuel 17, which says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistines that he should defy the armies of the living God? And this young boy takes this massive faith step and says, I am not afraid. I will go and I will fight him. And the king Saul sends him and allows him to go, which, which if you think about it, seems complete madness, but, but he let him go and miraculously God delivered David and delivered the Israelites. But then what happens is David, having had this massive spiritual high, this moment, this game-changing situation in his life, he has to then move to tomorrow. Some of us last week, maybe we responded in faith to what we sense God was saying to us and we stepped out of our seat and we, we returned, but, but then actually what, what do we do when we've stepped out in faith? Of course, this is a much wider principle. I'm speaking to it as a now situation to try and disciple some of us how we walk out from last week. But in our lives, whenever we take a step of faith, whenever we, we move into what God has got, whenever we put our, our hand up or our heads up above the parapet and we step into the next thing God has got, we have to understand how we walk out that new season. And this is what we're looking at here today, the day after Goliath. And, and my prayer is that for many of us, we will understand how to move at a new level of faith. You know, many of us, we might not understand how things are going to work out. But, you know, if we understood how everything's going to work out, there wouldn't be faith. Hello? If we knew how it was all going to work out, there's no faith involved. If I can do what I've said I'm going to do with no intervention from God, I don't need faith. 
I'm already there. But when we move into something that is beyond us, then we are in the realm of faith. And if, if you're here and, and maybe you did step out last week and like, I don't know how this is going to work out, you're all right. You're actually on safe ground. In Hebrews 11, which is the chapter, the hallmark of faith, the heroes of the faith, we read about Abraham, the father of the faith, and it says he set out not knowing where he was going. You know, I find that amazing though. God came and spoke to him, Genesis chapter 11 and and into chapter 12, and says, now leave your father's house and go to the land I'm going to show you. And the Bible says he set out for Canaan, even though he did not know where he was going. Can you imagine that conversation with his wife, Sarah? You know, we're, we're going to get going. We're going to a new place. Where, where, where are we going? We're going to go, go to Canaan. And she goes, well, where is that? He goes, I don't know. Well, what are the people like there? I said, I have no idea. How are we going to get there? I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not sure about that. But we're going to go. And they set out. And this is what it is like for us to walk in a dimension of faith, trusting God. And it works out as we follow him. The Bible says in Genesis 12, 5 in the message version, and they arrive there safe and sound. And this is a promise of us, where we step out on a faith journey with our hand in God's hand. We might not know where we're going. We might not know how it's going to work out. But as we walk it with him, we will arrive there safe and sound. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, here's David in this huge faith step. We're going to break in verse 48 of 1 Samuel 17. Just at the end of the story with Goliath, it says this, as the Philistine Goliath moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. If we jump ahead a few verses down to verse 58, he's now been addressed by the king of Israel, Saul. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Chapter 18, verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan that's the, the king's son, became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out of the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, joyful songs, timbrels and lyres. And as they danced, they sang this song, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. But me, only with thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre as he usually did. And Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but it had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. 
When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, here is my older daughter Merab. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. But David said to Saul, who am I and what is my family or my clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? And we'll leave it there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What? It's an incredible story. It's a unique story. It's the story of David's rise from shepherd boy to shepherd of a nation, the king, the overseer. It's how God works when he sees someone after his own heart. He delights to exalt that, to demonstrate to others this is what he's looking for. This is what he did with David. And we see part of David's journey and David's life. Can I encourage us, if nothing else, to seek to set our lives and our hearts to have a heart after God? But here in this chapter, I'd like us to observe five things as we consider the day after Goliath. Or if you want a subtitle, moving from a faith moment to a faith momentum. Moving from a faith moment to a faith momentum. Five things. Firstly, he moved to a new place. Let's all say new place. He moved to a new place. If you observe the story, you'll see in the morning, he left his father's house in Bethlehem and he went to the Valley of Elah, the battle line. But after he'd slain Goliath, he didn't go back to Bethlehem. He went to the king's household. God moved him to a new place. Now, of course, he could have gone home, but my suggestion is that he could never have gone back the same. Something had happened that was a game changer in his life. He had taken a step of faith and something shifted. You know what happens when we step out in faith is something changes. If we try and go back to the place where we were and don't live out what has happened, we miss out on what God has got for us. And here's my proposition because I think some of us, we can respond in a moment of faith like last week, but then actually return to the same ways and the same habits. We leave everything as if God alone will sort everything out from here. Now, of course, God alone is our provider. God will intervene. God will help us, but he wants us to come to a new place. He's brought us to a place of a faith step in order to transform how we live with him. How we walk it out, how we go on this journey, how we become the people God wants us to be. You see, God was taking this boy and transforming him. It wasn't merely about Goliath, it was about a transformation. And he moved to a new place. We have to learn what it is to move to a new place. If you think of some of the great faith steps in the Bible, Moses crossed over the Red Sea. He, he struck the sea with the staff and it parted. And then he passed over along with Israel and the sea closed up. And he was in a new place and could not go back. The same with Joshua at the River Jordan where he, again, they stepped, they, the priests put their feet into the water and it divided and they passed over and then it closed up. They couldn't go back. God wants to bring us to a faith step in order that we won't go back. And we have to learn what it is to live and function in a new place. The Christian walk is, is more likely than a, a steady a steady rise of, of progress. It's more like a staircase of rises 
and treads and rises and treads. There can be time like a staircase where, where we have a, a game-changing season. Something happens. We, we take a step of faith. We respond to the call or the challenge that God brings to us. And, and we find ourselves in a new place, in a new season, with new dependency. And we learn to live at a new level. Like we've had a rise and we have to learn to walk it out in a tread. And then we come to the next riser. This is more often how, how we grow in our Christian walk. Another way of looking at it is that there are times to take ground and times to hold ground. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it, that there's never time to lose ground. My encouragement to you, if you've taken ground, hold ground. There are seasons to take ground spiritually, to, to move into new faith, to do things you've never done before, to step out in a way you've not done, to believe God in a way you haven't done before. And then there are times when actually all hell is breaking loose around us and all you have to do is hold ground. That's what Ephesians 6 is about. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. And then it says, so that you may stand. And after everything, stand. You know, there are those seasons where success looks like holding ground. And then time comes again to take ground. But we have to learn if we've had a faith step, if, if something like David and Goliath, we, we've taken a step, we've stepped out. Now maybe for many of us last week, we responded to the prompting of God. We, we moved into uncomfortable territory. Maybe we trusted him in a new way. We wrote something down on a card. We stepped out of our seats. What a joy it was last week. We see hundreds of people engaging with a process because we know that it transforms your spiritual life. Actually, this might sound crazy to say, the money is secondary. What happens is it transforms our walk with God. We see people come forward, step out, and then the reality is all of us, we went back to our seats we went back to our homes, we went back to our jobs or our study, we went back to the same bills, but actually something has changed. And we have to recognize that and learn to walk it out in a new way. David was in a new place. Something had changed and we have to learn if we've taken ground now to hold that ground and function at that new level. I can remember Esther and myself, some of you know our, our story. God has challenged us and blessed us so much in the area of financial giving over the years. It's been part of our story. It's been part of how we've come to know God as we've trusted him and we've seen him come through for us. But the first time when we got challenged to give a five-figure sum and I'm, I'm not including Pence in that. We were newly married. You know, we'd actually, we, we'd just moved into our first home and the Lord spoke to us about giving 10,000 pounds away above our tithes and offering. Now at that time, we had a very little amount in, our, in, in a savings account, just like a couple of hundred quid. And uh, we didn't know how we were gonna do it, but we knew God had spoken. What happened was we, we made a commitment that we were gonna do this thing. It actually took us 18 months to do it. We had to adjust our budgets. We, we bought a tent to go on holiday and cheaply. You know, we, we got some scissors to cut each other's hair. You know, it's kind of that. No, I'm only joking about that bit. But it's like, you know, we, we actually, some things needed to change. But we'd made a decision to step up. It was a paradigm shift. We would never have conceived that we could give that type of money. We were not earning those types of salaries. It was if God had not spoken, I would never have conceived that that was possible for us. But actually, we took a faith step, we responded, and then we had to learn to walk that out. And the favor of God came on our lives, and, uh, and provision came, seed for the sower. Money passed through our hands, and we were able to fulfill that. And at the end of that, we were in a new place. 
It wasn't like we'd then forgotten about that. We were in a new place. We had learned to function at a new level. And then the next time God spoke to us, it was to give double that amount. And by the grace of God, we were able to do it. Why? Because God had moved us to a new place. And I hope you hear my heart because this is, we're not about to have an offering here. I'm not winding anything up, but I want to help us understand there is a faith dimension. We learn to trust God and start to live a supernatural life at multiple levels, whether that's taking a step out, starting a business, moving into a new venture, being bold in our witness, laying hands on the sick. There's there's a a thousand things. There might be a, a student or a young person here and God's provoking you to get involved or do something or you know spoke to someone recently about setting up a, a Christian union in their school and the idea of stepping up putting their head above the power it's a massive faith step but what will happen when when they when they do that and they step into that God will help them to move at a new level and we have to learn to walk it out secondly for David he received new clothes can we say new clothes You know, what happened here is God provided for him. He rocked up as a shepherd boy. You can only imagine that he's wearing shepherd boy's clothes and he finds himself in the royal household. But God provides supernaturally by giving him favor and friendship with the king's son who then gives him some of his own clothes. And he's able to to be fit for the royal household. And my point is this, that that when we move to a new level of faith, we need to learn to live in a different way and God will give us the clothes for that season. God will give us what we need to walk that out, but it might be new. It might look a bit different. It might feel a bit different. Why? Because we're functioning at a new level. I'm gonna call it clothing. For us, actually, it's not gonna be clothing, but it will be provision from God to function at a new level. If you also notice, David slew Goliath with a sling and a shot But what happens is that Jonathan gives him a sword. And you never hear of David wielding a sling again. Something has changed. He's at a new level. And the day of the sling is over and the day of the sword has come. And he had to learn to wield something different because he's in a new place. It was new clothing. Royal clothes on the outside and a sword in his hand. And he had to learn to function because it's a new season. And God will give you what you need. New clothes for a new season. You know, for us, when we, when we responded to a call from God to relocate to Coventry, we, we uprooted our family and we came. But who knows, like we, we didn't know that everything's going to work out. We're trusting God. But we needed some new things for a new season. We needed wisdom to lead. We needed the grace to adjust. We needed favor to actually be received from, from those who were here at that time. We needed provision for a move. We needed a home to live in. We needed schools for our children. We needed a heart for the city. And we needed a love for the people. We needed some new clothes for the new season. It would have been no good for us to come and move here, but our hearts remain in the old place. We had come to a new place on an assignment from God. And he provided what we needed to walk in that season. Some of us, we might have stepped out last week in faith. We might have put something in. But please don't make the mistake of thinking, well, that's that done and I'm having nothing to do with it. God will provide you new clothes to walk it out. He'll provide you a new way of seeing it come to pass. It might mean for you, you have to put on new prayer. You might need to put on new praise. You might need to put on new resilience. You might need to put on new faith. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We might want to put on a new application in the word in order that we can live at a new faith level. And the faith step becomes a faith walk. Hello? And the faith moment becomes a faith momentum. And I'm trying to disciple us today because my goal is that at the end of a year, there are some bigger people in the room. That we've risen to a new level in God. Because if God has challenged you in this last season and a faith pledge, it's not to make the total of money go bigger. That is a second reason. It's to grow you in your faith. It is to head you towards your destiny. Something will change in you, but we have to learn to walk it. Thirdly, we hear of David that he faced new opposition. Let's say opposition. Who wants to face new opposition? Very few people. If we do want to face new opposition, it's probably because we understand if we're facing new opposition, we're functioning at a new level. It's like a wise man once said to me, I would love to pay more tax because if I pay more tax, it means I'm earning more money. Right? Who wants to pay more tax? Ah, interesting. So... You know, do, do, who wants to face new opposition? Well, you know, I understand like maybe few hands will go up. Actually, if we understand the principle, I'm ready to face new opposition because I want to move at a new level. But what happens when we step up, as Francis Frangipan once said, for every new level, there's a new devil. A little later on in David's life, he's anointed as king over the nation of Israel in Zion. And it says in, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, that when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed in Zion, they went up in full force against him. My friends, we do not need to be afraid. Whoever steps out in faith and trusts God, he will protect. This is David's life. Read the Psalms. See how David, he's hunted down. People try to kill him and the Lord delivers him every time. Why? Because he had a heart after God and he trusted God. But there is new opposition to be faced. We will always ride it out as the people of God, but don't be alarmed if it should come. For David, something different happens. He's had this massive faith encounter. He's seen God come through for him with Goliath, but he finds himself in the royal household, and the king himself is, is tormented by an evil spirit, that uncomfortable verse, verse 10, where it says, an evil spirit that was sent from God. We understand that God allowed an affliction because the anointing had been removed from Saul because Saul had disobeyed God, and the anointing that had been put on him had been withdrawn and he was tormented and the anointed had come on David and within that Saul is tormented and one minute he's prophesying and the next minute he's throwing his spear at him but the Bible says David eluded him twice whatever the enemy will throw at you you can elude it no weapon forged against you will prosper let's say that together no weapon forged against me will prosper no weapon forged against me will prosper. But for every new level, friends, there's a new devil. There's something will come against us, will challenge us. This is part of life. You know, our, our latest member of staff, Steve Jones, who, who is here at the back, he's our missions partnership coordinator, helping to mobilize us into mission in the city, making connection with our, our 10 missions, uh, missions projects in the city that, where we work together. Helping to, it will help us to celebrate what is going on, celebrate the news and, and mobilize us as a church to the next level of reaching our city. And who knows, the enemy's never going to just roll over and say, okay, fine, go ahead. 
particularly when it comes to reaching wider. That's why in this season of our vision of going deeper, reaching wider, well, we shouldn't be alarmed if we get some opposition. And Steve you know, hands in his notice as the deputy head of a school. His salary is halving. And immediately, they hit some financial challenges out of the blue. But who knows? You have to learn to hold your nerve. And as Steve and Becky, they held their nerve. They did what they needed to do. They, they fulfilled their pledge from last year in the face of some challenges. And God delivered them from those financial challenges. On the first Sunday that he's here, and he stood up a few weeks ago, and he spoke about Coventry Winter Night Shelter and how we could get involved. Later that day, an illness that he'd experienced as a 12-year-old boy that had been dormant for 27 years manifested again. And his face went numb. He'd spoken for the first time from this platform, and then his mouth actually went numb later in the day. Who knows? That's an attack from the enemy. And he contacted me. He sent a text out because he couldn't really speak too well. But, you know, everything's all right. God has delivered him. He's come through. We must not be afraid. But there's new opposition. And we have to learn to stand firm, learn to, to not retreat. You know, Steve's confession at that time was, we're going to trust God. I'm going to pray harder. I make the enemy wish he'd never thrown this at me. That should be our goal. Let it backfire. Every time the enemy throws something, let it back. Praise more. Pray more. Rejoice more. Celebrate more. Push into God harder. That's my goal. When the enemy throws something at me, I would respond in such a way, he wish he'd never done it. But we have to learn to be those people, learn to function at a new level. If we've taken a faith step, that we have to turn it into a faith walk. Fourthly, we see here that David walked with a new diligence. He's in some different situations. He has to navigate them differently. For his boyhood, he's, he's been out in the field. He's been tending to the sheep. He's, he's only really been around his father's family. He has to learn to walk in the right way in the king's household. And not only that, he finds himself coming up against opposition from Saul. The people love him. They adore him. They're singing, you know, Saul's, Saul has slain his thousands. David is tens of thousands. And here's David with the anointing on his life. But do you know his humility comes forth? He... he, he demonstrates a heart after God. I love it where Saul, at the end of the piece we've just run, said, I'll, I'll give you my eldest daughter to be married. And his heart response is, who am I? Who, who am I that I should become the king's son-in-law? And he learned to walk with a new diligence. Most young men, if they were, if they were being sung about in the nation, if, if, the, if the king was losing the plot, if oil had been poured out on, on your head, and you've been anointed to be king and to be the successor. You might make the odd snide remark. You might say something. But not David. He had a heart after God. Later on, Saul's delivered twice into his hand. And the Bible says that, that David's response when his people are saying, here he is, here he is, you should kill him. And he says, far be it from me to lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. That which God anointed, I will not touch. You know, finally, when Saul dies and he falls on his own sword and a messenger runs to David to tell him the good news that the king is dead, and, and he tells him, and, and David's response is, who are you to celebrate this day? And he has that messenger killed for celebrating. His, his heart was to walk with new diligence. Why do I say this? Well, for us, when we take a faith step, we might have to learn to walk with new diligence. We might have to learn to walk with a new level of prayer. We might have to learn to walk with a new proximity to God. 
You know, I have to believe that David was able to walk this season out because he walked it with God. He might have been playing his harp and, and writing worship songs in the field with the sheep, but here in the king's household, he learned to walk it with God. So his heart stayed right. His heart response was right. When we take a faith step, we have to walk with new diligence. We have to walk it out with God. Can someone say amen? You know, this is the time, if you've taken a step last week, not to say, well, that was last week and I don't know how to do it, to say, that was last week, so God, help me to now walk this out. I can remember a couple of years ago, Jack sharing his story, Jack is leading the meeting today and talking about how he felt the Lord put, put on his heart to pledge an amount of money that he, he couldn't actually pay and he made a pledge and then Jack's response as a, as a praying person was to pray into this. And he said, every day I was there on my arms and oh God, you've got to deliver me. Oh God, you've got to come through. Lord, when will you provide? And then this letter came through the, the door, which he thought was a bill. He didn't open it for a few days. And he said, oh God, you've got to deliver me. The deliverance was in the envelope. And then he opens it up and he phones me. It's like, Pastor, Pastor, you'll never believe what's happened. It's awesome. And God provided in a supernatural way. But what impressed me is his response wasn't, well, I've done that and I don't know how God's going to sort this out. Now, this is God's problem. Well, at one level, it is God's problem. But if you have a need, you should pray it through. I remember as a young man, I'd not long come to faith, and I, I had a need. And I remember, I, I didn't really want to pray about it. I was like, Lord, this is your problem. You're Jehovah Jireh. You said you're going to provide. I said, why should I waste my time praying about what's your problem? I actually said that to the Lord. And I said, show me in your word where, where it says I should pray for my needs, if it's your problem. And he said, give us this day our daily bread. I said, oh yeah, sorry, Lord. And actually, God wants us to bring him our need. Maybe we've stepped out in faith to bring it back to him. Do you know what, actually, in all of this, he's trying to draw us closer to him. We might need to walk in new diligence. You know, for some of us, part of, actually, part of new diligence, part of, part of new clothing might be going on the cap money course to help us understand practically how to order some things. We might need to rebudget some things. There might be a new diligence in order to do what God has asked us to do. But above all, that we would walk it with God. And finally, David experienced new favor. Let's say favor. David experienced new favor. He's in a new place. The favor of God's all over his life. But he experiences it at a new level. He gets promoted to a high rank in the army. Where everything that he does, verse 14 says, he did so successfully because, and I love this phrase, the Lord was with him. Can we all say the Lord was with him? He did everything successfully because the Lord was with him. You know, when we step out as people of faith and we learn to walk it with God, we see the favor of God come on our lives. You know, we're going to hear hundreds of testimonies through this year of God providing in different ways. For some, it will come in a moment. For some, we'll walk it out through the year. But God is able and God will provide. But many of us will experience new favor as we step up to a new level. You know, that we've been amazed with our lives, how we sought to trust God, be surrendered, do whatever He asks us to do, and we've seen the favor of God. We've never given to get. We've never, we've never obeyed in order to receive favor, and yet you can't outgive God. You can't serve Him with your life and not attract His favor. It just can't happen. And as we've sought to serve Him with our lives because He gave His life for us, we found the favor of God come on our lives. And, and often we look and go, how on earth did this happen? How do we... How do we live as we live and do what we do without the goodness and the kindness of God? You know, I love it towards the end of, 
of David's journey where he's there and in his heart, you know, he's now in Jerusalem. He's now king over the nation. He, he's living in a palace and he says, it's not right for me. This isn't right for me to live in a palace where the Ark of the Covenant is just in a tent. I want to build a temple. I want to build the most extravagant temple that there's ever been in order to host the presence of God that is here in the Ark. And, and the Lord, the prophet comes and speaks to David, says, it's not for you to build and, and starts to speak over David's life. Speak about the line that is going to come. Speak about the Messiah that is going to come. Jesus, the son of David, born in Bethlehem, where David comes from. And you know what David says is, who am I, sovereign Lord? What is my family that you've brought me this far? And if this is not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you've spoken about the future of the household of your servant. Sovereign Lord, is this for mere humans? Or I love the old translation that says, is this the normal way you treat man? Is this, is this the normal way you treat someone? You've been so kind to me. You lifted me out of a field. You've, you've appointed me to be king over a nation. And here I am. Is this the normal way you deal with people? Because I'm overwhelmed by the favor of God. And I want us to understand this thing. Why don't the band come and join me that, you know, when we step out in faith, we attract the favor of God. Actually, we are moving into our destiny. Yeah. Let me say that again. We are moving into our destiny. Amen. Every next level is for the next, next level. That every step you take forward is a step towards your destiny and your purpose. We will not inherit our, our territory. We will not possess our destiny. Everything God has got for you will not come to pass in your life if you don't trust him, if you don't step out in faith. And every faith step becomes a platform for the next faith step. And here we see with David, it was the next season to bring him forward to where God wanted him to be ultimately. And we have to learn to walk these seasons out because the favor of God will come upon us will come nearer to what God is calling us to do. Church, I wonder if we can stand together. Now, it's been amazing for us to see not only the, the provision and the favor that has come on people financially who've trusted God. I love Olivette's story that's in the, the vision booklet this year where she writes about having an aspiration for a certain salary and she gets told like you don't get that salary in the Midlands, you have to go and work in London. And then taking a faith step last year, pledging an amount that was beyond her to give and then going for a job and getting the job and the company saying, what salary do you want? And she said the salary that she's told she's only gonna get in London and they said, okay, we'll pay you that salary. Those who trust God attract the favor of God. But do you know what delights us? more than the financial testimonies is seeing people step out in faith and come to know God more. See the transformation. This has been part of our journey. Come to know God. As we trust God, we experience God in our lives. And over the last couple of years, we've seen so many people step out in faith in a process like we went through last Sunday and then walk it out and see God come through. See the evidence of God in their lives. See answered prayer come through their hands. Not just read about it, but experience it. Start to move to a new level and to see people's relationship with God transform through the process of obedience. 
through the process of response. And my prayer is that for us as a church, we would move to the next level. And maybe as we finish, I can pray for you. Maybe, maybe you've stepped out in faith. Maybe it feels to you like the day after Goliath. Maybe it feels like you went home last Sunday, some of you, and you thought, what on earth have I just done? Let me tell you, you've just stepped nearer into your destiny. Because God is going to come through for you. You've just got to learn to walk it. You've got to recognize you've come to a new place. You've got to recognize you're going to need new clothes. You've got to be alert, not fearful, but alert that there may be new opposition. You've got to understand there's a walk of new diligence. And you've got to be ready for new favor. And if that's you, I'd love to pray for you. If you're in that season, whether it's relating to this offering or just a new season of faith, why don't you raise your hand and allow me to pray and speak the grace and favor of God over your life. Father, if you know how to pray, why don't you lift your voice with me? Lord, we thank you, God, that you are able. We thank you, Lord, you are taking us not only from grace to grace, but from faith to faith. I pray, Lord, would you raise a people here that are surrendered? Would you raise a people, uh, an army of disciples who love you and are obedient to you, who attract your favor? And I pray for every person that is in a new season of stepping out, that they not only see your provision, they not only see the windows of heaven open over their lives, but God, you would help them to move to a new place. I pray you'd give them the new clothing, give them whatever they need to walk in a new season. I pray, God, you'd help them to stand firm in the face of whatever new opposition they may encounter. I pray, God, give us the ability to walk with new diligence. And I speak your blessing and new favor over every person. I pray success, success, success in Jesus' name. I pray help us to be a people who learn to take a faith step and turn it into a faith walk, who learn to take a faith moment and turn it into faith momentum for the honor of your name. So come God, take us to the next stage. We pray in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. And the people of God said, Amen. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.